Welcome to the Zen Stoic Podcast, where we take philosophies of Zen and Stoicism that have been helping people for thousands of years, and we bring them into modern discussions to create mental wellness and vitality. Welcome back, everybody, to the Zen Stoic Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Pierantoni. I got a special guest with me today. I have John Duarte. He is the host of my Zen post-op life. Uh, he's got an incredible story. I was really excited to bring him on here. And John, thank you so much for being on the podcast, brother. It is an honor to have you here. Hey, thank you, man. Um, really looking forward to doing this. And I'm a big Excellent. fan of your podcast. <laughs> excellent, man. Excellent. It's, it's always cool to bring on listeners of the podcast to be guests themselves, um, especially when they have a story like yours, which uh, I'll let you tell to the audience. But if you can, uh, if you can get into just a little bit about who you are, how you started your podcast and, and everything behind that. Well, I'm the host of my Zen Post-Op Life. Um, the podcast initially started after I had my motor vehicle accident. So mm -hmm. it was in February 2018, yes. I was just driving home from work, you know, just kind of minding my own business. And this drunk driver smashed right into me, like head on. And next thing I know, I woke up and I was in the hospital. Oh, man. And I was like, yeah, man, I was like severely injured. Yes. Have, and so in total, in a month, I ended up having five surgeries. Wow. And... Yeah, and I ended up having to learn how to walk again, so that also took time. And that's before the accident. I already had it somewhat of a practice. Yes, you know, I had the basics of meditation once, you know, once or twice a week. You know, mindfulness, but it wasn't until after that accident that I truly started my practice. Yes, I can honestly say that was the beginning of my true practice. Yes. Yeah. So, and mm -hmm. I remember you telling me this uh, offline in a conversation and especially like for yourself, putting all of this per into perspective and, and implementing your practice, especially when you're in a situ situation like that, a near death experience where you're, you're hit by a drunk driver and wake up and the majority of your body is basically out of commission is is truly a challenging thing and i would i'd say it's not for the faint of heart now you said you were practicing zen and mindfulness meditation before the accident happened what do you think the difference of your perspective was before and after the accident i think my perspective definitely changed because mm -hmm. before the accident i was staying mindful i was meditating it was based yes. on things that based on external factors you know, okay. whether I was, you know, late for work, just be mindful, whether it was having relationship problems, just stay mindful, mm -hmm. you know, but all those things in a sense, you can always kind of find a way out of it, you know? Yes. This situation, there was no getting out of, there was no way of me just, oh, I'm not going to be injured anymore. Yes. So I had no choice but to be there present with my injuries. Yes. So. So I would say that's that, the biggest difference. Absolutely. So it's it, just so I'm understanding, basically before, uh, you know, you went into your, what you called your real practice or where the real practice began, it was more not, I wouldn't call it necessarily surface level, but more so reactionary to your stresses of the environment versus an internal motivation. Whereas exactly. when you went through the accident, all of a sudden it's like, I'm stuck in this state for a bit. 
right? Physically speaking, I'm, you know, I'm here, I got to recover. And that's where it became very real for you to put this into practice. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, like there was no way of me lying to myself. There was no way of me giving myself an illusion that I was okay. Yes. Because I just, with every beep of the respirator, I knew I wasn't okay. Mm. You know, so it really changed my perspective on what does it mean to have a practice? What does it mean to really stay mindful when yes. there is nothing else but to be mindful? Wow. Uh, that's powerful, man. Because yeah. not, not a lot of people get into that situation. Obviously, we don't seek that situation. But for you to be able to still implement the practice when there's nothing else to do but the practice, it's a completely different perspective. And I'm sure it drives the point that you learn from Zen Buddhism much deeper. Absolutely. You know, in Zen, you practice staying in the moment. But yes. what is the moment when you don't want to be in that moment? you have to force yourself to accept yourself in that moment. Ooh, <laughs> that, that, that's intense, man. What is the yeah. moment when you don't want to be in the moment? And from your experience, I mean, how did you define that exactly? Like, how did you define being in the moment when you did not want to be in that moment because you were experiencing the pain? It was, it was a really, I can say it was kind of surreal, you know? Mm -hmm. One moment, you, I would be fine. The next moment, I would be in throbbing pain yes. and I just kind of learned how to accept it. You know, I wasn't looking forward to the pain. You know, I wasn't going to say oh, it's going to come back, mm -hmm. but I knew that I should enjoy this piece that I have because I know it's not going to last. And that's the thing. Zen yes. Buddhism teaches you that everything is impermanent. Mm. Even moment to moment is impermanent. My yes. peace that I had one moment was gone the next. So it forced me to accept the fact that life is impermanent. Yes. Yes. I, I like that. And I think that's a, an extremely powerful lesson. I always kind of, when people ask me about happiness and about creating it or like, how do I be happy kind of thing? I always explain to them that happiness is very much like hunger or like, mm -hmm you feel unhappy for a moment, you do something to make yourself happy and you're happy for a little bit, but then it goes away, right? It's a fleeting yeah. state. And so it it's is. something that we need to continuously practice and being present is part of that equation, right? Finding ways it to is. be present in the moment, no matter what the moment is giving you in that mo at that time. So I think it's really interesting how you did that. If, if someone were to be listening to this episode and maybe they, they're experiencing physical pain, not necessarily from an injury, but when they are in that physical pain, what would you advise to somebody who feels, like, feels as though they're stuck in that pain and how to become present when that's the last thing they, they want to do? Embrace it. Truly just embrace the pain because the more you try to, the more you try to fight the pain, say, oh, I need to get rid of this pain, the more you're going to feel it. You know, mm. it's like, it's like when you're outside in the cold and yes. you're not doing anything. Yes. You honestly feel that cold because all you're thinking about is that cold and getting warm. But once Correct. you start actually doing something, you forget about the cold. Mm -hmm. because you are your mind is somewhere else you're in the present yes. moment in whatever you're doing whether it's shoveling mm -hmm. whether it's digging yourself out of a hole in the snow whatever yes. 
but you are not focused on the exact problem because you are focused at one point in one mindset. So mm. embrace the pain. Absolutely. The it's, pain. It, it's super interesting that you, you say that because I know uh, before we were chat, chatting about Alan Watts and there is a video that, that is on YouTube. It, you know, it's kind of like one of those videos with him talking and some background music, but the video is called Waiting for Magic. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, no, not necessarily, but they have them. There's a whole bunch of them with different names. So I probably maybe heard it. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll reiterate the point, but I think it's really, really similar to what you're talking about here where pretty much in the video, he talks about how, you know, you go around life and there's this moment that occurs where everyday life, all of a sudden you, it feels as though it's a miraculous experience where before you would have just categorized it as normal. And one of the reasons for that is because you're looking around, you're observing, and you're seeing all these people in almost like in a rush, like, like, Oh, I got to get there. And you realize that these people are quite mad because the real magic is in the now. And you get to this point where you wait because there's nothing to do, but wait. And he's not referring to the virtue of patience necessarily, but he's referring to this present moment. And the more that you try and hurry up the present moment or get to the next one, the longer this moment will seem or the longer the thing that you're pushing away from will seem. Uh, So I I thought that was really interesting. And this is something that you've experienced firsthand, especially being in the physical condition that you were in. Absolutely. Uh, To make, to add to that point, you know, Mm -hmm. The pain seemed like it was the longest whenever I wanted it to go away. Mm. But when I had my mind off of it, yes, the pain went away on its own without even thinking about it. Yes. You know, so it's exactly like if I'm so, if I am projecting that far into the future of when the medicine is going to kick in or when my nurse is going to get there or whatever the situation, it's going to yes. feel like an eternity to get there. Yes, but if I am in the moment right now, focusing on whatever it is, whether it's talking to someone or mm-hmm. it's doing my work, next thing you know, it's there. Yes, I dig that, man. That's that's awesome. It it's it it reminds me of kind of what he said in that in that same same talk where he basically said, "When you are silent, it speaks, and when it speaks." Or when you speak, it is silent. So he's basically talking about the present moment and that whole perspective of there only is right now. And when you are basically, like you said, thinking to yourself, this has to go away or like I want to get, get away from this pain is the moment where the pain becomes the eternity simply because of your desire to get out of it. Your own projection ends up punishing you. You, your projection into the future doesn't allow you to accept the present moment. So therefore, yes. you are just consumed with something that's not even there, which wow. is just an illusion. Yes. That's, that's awesome, man. That's a great perspective to have. And um, I, I remember yesterday, we talked about a question that I said we should definitely bring up on this podcast. Um, and, and I believe it was between... The it was between existentialism and Buddhism. I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was is that correct? Yes. What What was the question exactly? Because I know we had a, a pretty solid discussion on that. Just remind me. So many people, when I tell them I am a Buddhist or I do Zen, they ask yes. me, 
oh, so you don't believe in anything. Nothing mm. matters. Mm. And the philosophy of existentialism kind of touches base on that nothing inherently has value to it. Right. And it's true to, to an extent, you know, whether it's Camus, Nietzsche, all of them, they have, a, they have a valid point when they say that, that there's nothing really has a value to it. Yes. But we cannot give value our present moment, in my opinion. You know, yes. we can all make every moment matter. What, what you give value to is up to you. Correct. Uh, you give that moment a value. Interesting. You know? I, I, I love that point specifically because, I mean, that's definitely something I can agree with in the sense that nothing really does have an inherent meaning or preordained definition to it until we give it that definition. So on one hand, it's true, right? Nothing really does matter. Nothing does have meaning. But on the other hand, it's important that you give it meaning in order to be here in the present moment, in order to create, create a present moment. Because at the end of the day, it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of how they talk about in Zen Buddhism, how attachment is the root to all suffering, but trying not to be attached or detached from everything is an attachment in and of itself. Because basically what you're doing is you're attached to the idea of avoiding pain. So you Absolutely. try to be detached from everything, which creates its own version of pain in, in, in its place. It does. The act of desire and not wanting desire is desire onto itself. Yes. You know? And that's yes. hard. It's hard. To, it's one of those, it's a con in the sense, you know, mm-hmm. that how can you want, stop wanting something without not wanting what you don't want? And Correct. That's life. You know, I, don't, I wish I had an answer for that. You know, I would be enlightened. I would be enlightened if that was the case, but I don't. I think right. you just need to have to. You just need to have the right mindset and understand that when to let go and when to grasp. Correct. You know, and I, and I think that that's a really important point. And I like I like that you said that because I remember um, one of the discussions that we had had was around this uh, the whole philosophy of Zen Stoicism, and Zen Stoicism is basically teaching when to grasp onto life and when to let go of it and creating that perfect harmony between the two of them. That way yes. we're able to be as present as possible, but also living virtuously in what we believe is the right way to, to go about things. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing how two philosophies from two different continents be spanning. I don't know how many ages between them, all, yes. In a sense, they came to a same conclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, they all, in Absolutely. a sense, came to the same conclusion. Whether it was like, whether it was Epictetus or it was Bodhidharma, they mm-hmm. all sensed that our desires are are what cause us to feel pain. That's correct. Absolutely. And another thing that I wanted to uh, to ask you about, especially on this topic, because I thought it was a really powerful lesson that you you went through in terms of you know you've been listening to the zen stoic podcast for a bit and you had an event happen very recently where zen stoicism and the stuff that you've learned from it actually helped you through a a specific situation would you mind going into that story oh yeah absolutely so as i stated before my accident happened in 2018 
but you know, mm-hmm. the justice system takes its sweet ass time on everything. Yeah. So it wasn't until recently that I actually went to court. Yes. And you know, it wasn't until recently I actually got to see the man who hit me. Mm-hmm. And you know, during when I'm in my time in the hospital, I wasn't concerned about that man. You know, I had right. my own issues to deal with. I had I was Correct. I had other things I was concerned about. And throughout the year, obviously, my goals were getting better, start learning how to walk, get back to work, start living a productive life again. You know, mm-hmm. and through this time, I worked on my practice, staying mindful, yes. staying in the present. You know, learning to catch myself when I find myself projecting, learning to catch myself yes. when I see myself. You know, going trying to go back in the past and changing something that's an illusion in a sense. Because the past is nothing but an illusion. Because yes. none of us can go there, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was two weeks. It was two weeks from the time that I had my court date, and mm-hmm. these thoughts—just the thoughts of what I was going to say to this person—kept running through my mind. Yes. You know, what do I say to a man like that's literally changed my life? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like, oh, I learned from it. Not that kind of change. But like physically, I physically am different now. I can't do the things I used to do. Yes. You know, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not as fast as I used to be. Mm -hmm. Things that I used to do in a breeze now take me minutes. Mm -hmm. So what do I say to a man like that's changed my life this way? And I, I was conflicted. Yes. I was conflicted. I was medita- I meditated on it. I read my journal. I, you know, try to get some reflect self-reflection on what to say to this person. Mm-hmm. You know, I would ask my friends, yo, hey, bro, what would you say to this person? What do you think I should mm-hmm. say? And all these people, I shouldn't say these people, my friends would say, oh, yo, just tell them what you feel, you know, mm-hmm. tell them how your life has been hell since then. Yes. Or like, you know, mostly negative, you know, negative mm-hmm. things I should say to this person. Yes. You know, recommend them to go to jail, recommend them do this, you know, and it just didn't vibe with me, mm-hmm. you know, and I honestly didn't know. I was really conflicted. Like, I, I've never been this conflicted in a long time. Yes. So then I decided I had recently joined the Stoic Dojo. Yes. And I put it out there. I wrote, how do we practice if forgiveness, if we should control our emotions from outside factors, how do we forgive others? And that's when you wrote back, you know, mm-hmm. and the answer you gave me was a very simple answer. Yes. But sometimes the simplest answers are the best answers. Yes. And basically all you said was, I wouldn't be able to forgive until I learned all the lessons from my experience. You know, and when we think of experiences, we usually could start categorizing them as good or bad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good experience. It's a bad experience. But in Zen, you practice non-duality. Correct. The fact that there is no wrong or right. 
there is no good, there's no evil. Mm-hmm. That we ourselves give value to an event or an experience. Yes. So I started reflecting. You know, I started thinking to myself, what have I learned during this experience? Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot. You know? Yes. I learned how strong I was spiritually and physically. Yes. You know? Because... Because anybody can lift a dumbbell. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can lift their legs once they haven't been working. Exactly. You know? And it's, it's incredibly profound what you took away from that yeah. and the perspective that I gave you. Absolutely. So come around court, court time, you know, I've been thinking and I jotted down some notes. Mm-hmm. You know, not an essay, but, you know, some keynotes I want to touch base on. Yes. Give this guy kind of like a little preview of the pain that I'd gone through. Mm-hmm. You know? So we ro- we get into court. I take my seat. Judge starts speaking. And then that man, the man who hit me, came in. Mm-hmm. But... Through this whole time, I didn't even catch myself that I myself was projecting because I had thought that this man was just going to walk in strong, healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, because everybody says, oh, it's the the drunk driver never gets hurt. Mm. It's it's a horrible cliche that people say, oh, it's never the drunk driver that gets hurt. So in in a sense, I kind of started picturing that, Mm -hmm. but that's not what I saw. You know, I saw a man who had suffered just as much as I have. Yes. You know, and that took me back. It took me back to see this man hurt. Mm -hmm. Being able to, not being able to do do the things that I could do now. Yes. I could walk. I could pick up things for myself. I can live a regular life. Mm -hmm. You know, and I knew this man would never do any of those things anymore. Right. And that's where I learned the last part of my experience. And it's not that it was a brand new thought. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I didn't necessarily apply to the other person. And that right. is, we all suffer in this life. Or life yes. is suffering. Yes. You know, that is inherently the Buddha's first noble truth. Life is suffering. Yes. yes. And... In that moment, I realized I really didn't have anything to say to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to say these things that were on my mind because he himself had been had been through the same things, if not worse. Yes. You know, incredibly, so when incredibly valuable, man. It was, and then the judge asked me if I wanted to speak, and I had no reason to speak. Because it was unnecessary to speak. Yes. You know, why say something that he already knows? Yes. Why say something when he's felt the same things that I felt? Yes. You know, if not more, because this man was significantly worse than I was. And not to, you know, say that, oh, my injuries weren't serious, but his has changed his life permanently. Yes. So. I realized I didn't have to say anything to this person. Yes. 
Because and he had already experienced his own version had, of pain. Exactly. So there's no need for me to say anything. And, you know, court went on. You know, they did their thing. And it turns out that he wasn't going to go to prison. I, well, he wasn't getting much of a punishment just due to the fact that he was so injured. Mm-hmm. So he was going to be able to go, get, you know, go free. Yes. So at the court, I was outside of the courtroom and mm-hmm. he rolled up to me. Yes. And he apologized. And he was like, I'm sorry for the pain that I put you through. And I'm sorry for what happened. It was a mistake. And mm-hmm. although I didn't, I didn't, although all I said was, it's okay, it's fine. Yes. Just those two words was enough to make me feel at peace because I felt compassion for him. And that's one of the things we all try to strive for is compassion, true compassion. Mm. You know, and I was like, yo, it's okay. We shook hands and he went on his way and I went on my way. Yes. It's 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 amazing when you talk about true compassion because I, I believe true compassion is when you're tested to show compassion to someone who, objectively speaking, doesn't exactly deserve your compassion exactly. because of what they've done. And when you're still able to give it to them and you're using compassion as an aspiration versus just a, a passive state and you're you're giving it because you know that even though this person hurt you, they're in the same, if not more, pain than you're in, mentally, emotionally, physically. And to be able to show that compassion in, in that is, is, is a huge, huge takeaway. And, and it's true, right? It's true what we were saying before. These painful experiences, these painful emotions, things in the past that kind of linger, regrets that you had or, or you know, bad memories – will only continue to show up in your mind and cause an emotional reaction until you've learned all the lessons that you need to learn from them. And then they go away. Then they dissipate into the rest of your memory, so to speak. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, people think that you can just avoid emotions. You can just Mm -hmm. stop feeling sad or you can stop feeling frustrated. Emotions don't go away. You need to understand why you are feeling the way you are. Yes. You have to be able to self-reflect and say, why am I frustrated? Why am Absolutely. I angry? And yes. if, you, if you look deep enough, you'll mm-hmm. see the separations between self and other. Yes. You know, am I really upset? Or is it because something ex- some external factors telling me to be upset? Mm. You know? That's a big takeaway, man. So... John, before we wrap up here, I just wanted to ask you if, if you could share one last point, perhaps whatever your favorite lesson has been through this and, and what you would share with others from your experience. I think the biggest lesson I've walked away from this whole experience mm-hmm. is to give love. Yes. Honestly, give love. You know, it's one of those things that people say, oh, you can't give love to everyone. But no, I would say to the contrary, give love to everyone. Because yes. the more you give it, the more it comes back. Yes. You know, give it to those who don't deserve it. Give it to those who like have treated you wrong. 
Give yes. it to friends, family, give it to everyone. And you'll see that it comes back to you. Mm -hmm. It does. You I know? love it, man. It, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not saying that the person you're giving love to, you're go is going to give you back that love, but it's going to find its way back. Yes. Because the world is what you project of it. The, what you see, what you feel the world is, is what you see the world as. Mm -hmm. And if you think this world is this big negative place, you're going to, you're going to feel that the world is this big negative place. But if you feel that the world is this loving place, you're going to feel find love coming at you from all sorts of directions. Yes. I, I absolutely love that, man. I think that's one of the most important lessons. You know, we talk about on this podcast, how you want to give compassion in order to strengthen others because any kind of cruelty or meanness or lack of kindness is not springing from a place of strength. It's springing from a place of pain and weakness. Sure. And if you can give love, if you can give compassion in situations when the person doesn't deserve it, you got to realize that those are the moments that they need it most. Right. And, and it's strengthening each other, strengthening humanity that ultimately makes this world a better place. So John, thank you so much for being here on the Zen Stoic podcast. Um, if the listeners here enjoyed what you listened to today, John, where can they find you if they want to hear more about your story or, or get in touch with you? So I am on anchor and most podcast, uh, I would say sites. It's my Zen post-op life. And you guys could also find me on Instagram at basemonkey1990. And thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. For, and Excellent. thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, John. It was a pleasure having you and look forward to seeing you on a future episode for sure, brother. Absolutely, brother. All right. We'll talk soon. Hope everybody enjoyed this episode and definitely drop us a line. Let us know what you thought, what some of your takeaways were. And if this added value to you, make sure to share it with a friend. We'll see you guys on the next one.